Welcome to the Wing Chun Podcast, the Sifu's Stories, the place where the world's most renowned Sifus share their stories and insights. I am your host, Bogdan Brosho. We're here with uh, John Fung, uh, and uh, I'm very excited to talk to him a bit about his journey, about his um, some of his videos. I saw a very, very interesting video online, but I'm not going to uh, give it away right now. We're going to talk about it towards the end. So, um, John, please tell us a bit about your journey and uh, how you started out with Wing Chun. What other martial arts hey, styles have you done? Yeah. Sure, okay. Now, um, I started off Wing Chun back in uh, 1987, I think it was 1987. Wow, wasn't even born um, then. <laughs> I know, that shows how old I am, man. Um, I went to the Jim Fong school that everybody in Sydney who started some sort of martial arts into that school, so it's a very, very famous school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and this is how it all began. And um, it was actually quite funny because, like, uh, at that time, I met some of the guys at the school, um, and I think we were such beginner level, something like wishing beginners. I was like, "Wow, these guys are so awesome! I would, I wish I could fight like them one day." Um, of course, now we look back, like some of them are still very good friends. We all laugh together because, like, we were all so crap then, right? But then, like, um, ignorance is bliss because yeah. when you are uh, ignorant and dumb, you think that you're so good, but these days I realize that man, like there's so many good fighters out there, and um, forever student, <laughs> forever student, because yeah. like there's always someone good out there, yeah. Absolutely, I, I remember in my first uh, ever martial arts school, the teacher would teach, like the sign would say, Karate, Ninjutsu, Aikido, Judo, um, and some other Japanese words as well, and all taught by the same guy, and, and Capoeira. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he must be really good to yeah, be able yeah. to teach so many things. Super machine, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah, that's how I started. Um, and then uh, one day, I think it was a few years later, oh, a good number of years, we didn't know how uni days, like we play and then we ended up chasing after girls instead of like practicing Kung Fu. Um, and then later on, I think one day, I realized, because I almost got into a fight with not a single gang member, but like a whole famous gang. Wow. And um, almost got into a fight. I pushed my girlfriend at the time into the, um, into the, into the, uh, into the restaurant. I was standing at the door. Okay, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to die here. Yeah. Um, but at least she'll be safe. Um, and I realized that like, um, at that time, my Wing Chun it's not enough, I can fight one guy, but like a whole bunch of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it's not gonna work, right? And so I digress, I did Bagua um, for a little bit. Um, and then um, I was just lucky I got accepted into some indoor disciple in, a, in a underwations like in Tai Chi. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tai went on very well. And then like, I was always a good theorist, but I was never good at like, actually uh, doing it um, like combatively and so on. Mm-hmm. And then um, I drifted back into Gulu um, Wing Chun because like mine actually told me how good my, like that branch, um, that person like teaching like Sifu Lung Wun how good he, he, he is. And um, so 
buses got dragged along and I went back into Wing Chun and uh, now I do Wing Chun and Tai Chi as well, yeah. So basically like I see them as uh, two sides of the same coin mm-hmm. um, because like it's just effective in physics, it's kind of like my Tai Chi is almost like studying the science of cooking, if you start studying the science of cooking, okay. where the Wing Chun is like a master recipe book, so therefore like um, they both kind of help each other, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's why I went out, yeah, actually, yeah. That's very, very interesting. I'd like to get a bit deeper into the story, and um, I like, I'm very tempted to ask you what happened in, in the bar fight. How did it actually uh, end? Um, oh, I managed to talk my way out of it, so that mm-hmm. was all right. And actually, like, I do get into trouble at once every now and again, but now that I'm older and a bit wiser and um, fighting to be honest like no it's not a good thing like yeah. every time you get into a fight you either you get hurt or you have a problem with the police or whatever yeah so uh, the escalating is, is always the best way um, and of course the other issue is that like anyone who fights fair with you mm-hmm. is an idiot <laughs> like anyone who wants to fight you is not going to fight fair Either they're going to have more people than you, or they've got weapons that you don't know about. Yeah, um, yeah. So the fact that like if you survive fights, it only means that you're lucky. It only means that like um, whoever's fighting you doesn't know what he's doing. Because like, if someone really wants to hurt you, it's not about fighting, it's about violence. It's about like, I don't know, doing something that you don't know about, run you over by a car, or like mm-hmm. stick a knife in your back or whatever. So like, as I say, older and wiser, Stay away from fights if you yeah, can, yeah. because like um, like competitions is always safe, always fair, and so on. But on the streets, um, it's all about violence. It's not about like fair fighting. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I don't remember where I heard this, but someone said that uh, from a fight, nobody actually wins. No, that's not exactly. No one wins. And also the thing is like if if, if uh, martial art is all about like if fighting, like if martial art is the biggest component in fighting. Like serial killers would have to be martial artists, but most serial killers they don't do martial arts and they still kill a lot of people. So therefore, like, um, it's not that simple. And the thing is, like, even the best fighter in the world today is no match for a kid with a gun, you know. So and you can buy a gun at Walmart, and uh, it's way easier than uh, training years of martial arts. <laughs> you just spend like I don't know two hundred bucks to buy a gun. That's a lot easier. Absolutely. I um I very much appreciated the fact that you said that you are training both Tai Chi and Wing Chun and um, you see how they, they're both feeding each other. Can you tell us a bit more about, about that? Well, the thing is like physics is physics, right? Um, true, we don't understand everything about physiology or Mm-hmm. Um, the human anatomy and um, the human function just yet, yeah. but overall, um, physics is physics, right. and I don't really believe in different styles, mm-hmm. like we all have two arms, two legs and a head, yes. so there's only so many ways to be efficient and effective, and um, like a lot of martial arts, when you look at it from the top of the mountain, like, like different paths, but we all try to get there. Um, and at the end is basically at the end of the day is it's all the same. Yes. Um, so I just find that like my Tai Chi helps my understanding in Wing Chun. 
um, and my Wing Chun also helped to make my Tai Chi more effective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, yeah, one of my mistakes with the Tai Chi before is that I was making it too, um, how to say, too theoretical. Okay. Right. So I couldn't do things. I mean, like with students and so on, I could do it very well. But in freestyle, like I, I couldn't handle uh, guys bigger than me, mm-hmm. and I always like refer back the Wing Chun, but then, um, like, it's limited. But these days, my, my Tai Chi actually helped my Wing Chun as well, so my Wing Chun got better, and uh, my Wing Chun actually helped my Tai Chi better as well too, and these days, I don't, to be honest, when I deal with someone, I don't even know what I do anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I just do things, um, and that's it, really. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what I use, to be honest, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't, you don't know if it's Tai Chi or Wing Chun, it's just your own expression, probably. Yeah, exactly. How, I, I think um, expressing yourself honestly, that's the way to go. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I know it sounds a bit cliche, but at the end of the day, that's, that's like, I know, like, um, I know, like, um, the, the, the Kung Fu Panda's dad, the, the, the goose or the duck, yeah, says that yeah. there's no secret ingredients. Yeah, <laughs> and as simple as that. That's also what it is. But I think the difference between, for example, Tai Chi and Wing Chun is that my line of Tai Chi was taught to um, like imperial bodyguards mm-hmm. who's got very good martial art backgrounds mm-hmm. and to noblemen where they like the intellectual stimulation. They like talk about theory and all those things, right? right? Which is great. Um, but you either expect not to use it for fighting, as in noblemen's cases, or those imperial bodyguards, they already know how to fight. They just want to yeah. be able to use the, the energies better. So that's great. Um, but whereas like in um, Wing Chun, being a Southern martial arts, I think, um, especially in the Kulo line, um, basically talk to peasants and so on, if they start getting too esoteric and too philosophical, mm-hmm. um, people will just go, what? You know? Yeah, um, yeah. So, the difference is that like the Tai Chi that I that I do is very intellectual. Um, talk about a lot of like um, science and physics and so on. Mm-hmm. But whereas the Wing Chun that I'm doing um, is all about drills and so on. You end up doing the same thing. Yeah. But um, the teacher, you just as long as with the Wing Chun, as long as you keep doing what the teacher tells you to do, have baby, <laughs> like he tells you to do it like. Uh, 10,000 times, so you do it 10,000 times until your shoulder drops off, mm-hmm. um, then you're still going to get there. Right. So that's kind of like cool in a way. So that's why it's like a recipe book, you follow the recipe and, and, and you can you can do something and you don't really need to have that superb intellectual understanding like you have to do in Tai Chi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting, very interesting. How do you feel your, that your um, Wing Chun has improved by doing Tai Chi? Um, I think... You see, the, the thing is, like, um, my teacher has in uh, Wing Chun has got lots of internal power and so on, right? And, of course, by him, um, by trusting him and telling him to do the drills and you do it over and over again, you will develop it, right? Mm-hmm. But having a Tai Chi background, it helps me understand, like, why that drill would work yeah. and what exactly he's trying to achieve in that drill. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes doing the drill a lot more meaningful and um, easier to look for, 
like like what what you need to look for is it's easy to, to find what you're trying to look for instead of just doing it blindly and then suddenly you have got power one day um, you, you you've got you understand it's kind of again if you talk about cooking again uh, if I talk about cooking again like if you know the science behind like at what temperature the food what the, the meat would happen or the vegetable would happen to something Right. And then when you look at the recipe, you understand the recipe more. Mm-hmm. So instead of just following the recipe and can't get out of just following the recipe, you, you understand the recipe and you can create new things. Okay. Okay. So is it yeah, more, I think, is it that you're involving a lot more feeling to um, to your Wing Chun or a lot more relaxation? In, like, because for for who's listening right now, you know it's very difficult to grasp how they would see you know putting Tai Chi into a chin or how that that kind of vibe, the feeling of Tai Chi would um would help uh, their Wing Chun. Yet, because the Tai Chi helps you understand the physics okay. and uh, how mm-hmm. the mind works behind it, mm-hmm. okay. um, and also like in Tai Chi, we really develop the sensitivity of not just that hands of like um, Shisa or whatever, you develop how the energy flows around the body. So when you do the drills that's designed in the Kulo system, um, you start to see, oh, okay, this is the type of physics they're trying to, to achieve. Um, this is how the mind and the body works together. And ah, okay, I can feel how when we do that drill, how things flow inside my body. Mm-hmm. So, um, which it helps a lot, which, which helps a lot. So which means that even though um, what I do for my what my teacher, my Wing Chun teacher taught me is, is purely Wing Chun, but not Tai Chi, right? But because of the Tai Chi background, it actually helps me understand and feel what my teacher is trying to help me achieve a lot better. So that's 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 probably the best I can explain. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. We're happy we have another um, representative of the Gulo Wing Chun. We also have uh, we had uh, Sifu Roslando as a guest on the. Uh, Wington podcast. Oh yeah, he's he's awesome. He's he's a really good guy. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, what would you what would you say was your um uh, your favorite Wing Chun related story that you could share with us? Um, favorite Wing Chun story. Okay. Um. So some of one is interesting. Like um, the first time I. Saw my Wing Chun teacher, my Kulo Wing Chun teacher. Yeah. Like he asked me, my, my, my Wing Chun teacher is, is, is he's really funny. Like he's a real character. He's, he um he doesn't really like going out too much. His favorite thing is to hide in his room and research and like think about things. Um and um like he used to smoke like a chimney, but I'm so glad he quit now. It's right. not that good. But uh, he asked me to show him something in uh, Tai Chi, and I did a white snake spits fang. Mm-hmm. And then um, one of my Kung Fu brother, my Wing Chun brother, said, Oh, teacher, when did you teach him the stack palms? And um, he said, I never taught him the stack palms. That's how it goes. Um, and um, so basically, <laughs> that's, that's the similarity. I, I mean, I, do, I did a Tai Chi move, yeah. and then they mistake and then think that it was a Wing Chun move. Wing Chun. So therefore, like, there's, there's quite a lot of similarity there. And um, like, where we train is, um, is not like a nice beautiful school and so on it was actually in the slum area in, in china in Guangzhou, and um like there's a lot of criminal activities there 
So you walk in, like the, the buildings are so tight together, you, you look up, you can't even see sunlight in the middle of the day. Yeah. And that's how we train. And um, I like it in a way because like, um, instead of like being in a nice peaceful place where people train and pretend that the Kung Fu is going to work, in this place, right, is part of survival. So therefore, like, um, you know that it works. Right, because the thing is, like, they um, they need to use it to survive. Um, so that's part of the, the, the charm, I guess. Um, other funny story is that, like, um, because like they don't really have access to in China, they don't really have the same access to like um, social media as much as we, we do. Right. So when they when they realize that, like, I'm from overseas, right? Uh, my teacher keeps saying, John, like. How would like a Western person hit you? Then I will show them some <laughs> some of the moves that I, I picked up from from friends and so on. Yeah. And then he was like, "Do okay, you 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 you, uh, um, John, you do this and see how they are going to like um defend themselves." I was like, "Oh crap, man!" Like so that means like, I'm going to do the same move, and everyone's going to 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 kick my ass <laughs> to see how they're going to beat me up using that like against my move. So um yeah, I did that. And um, so everyone just took turn beating me up, and that is like, that's not fair. I'm doing the same thing, and you all can see what I'm doing the same thing, and you're beating me up for it. So, um, yeah. And um, that trip, I got so much beating from other bits, right? Um, my wife was actually in Hong Kong while I was in Guangzhou. Um, I came back with a swollen eye, right? I got bruise, bruises all over my arm. I got kicked in the hip, so I couldn't walk properly. So I was actually like um, meeting her back in Hong Kong, like a like a cripple. And the first thing she said was like, "What? Like you paid money to be beaten up?" And I was like, well, "Less, yeah." So that was kind of funny. Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, which is true. Yeah, yeah. And um, in a way, we can't train in Australia the same way I was trained in Guangzhou because like the insurance guys would kill me because like um like it's so rough that like in, in Australia we have to do everything nicely with the yeah, students yeah. and so on. Yeah. But over there like yeah, you just you just go. Yeah. So it's it's pretty funny. Yeah. Is it the same for MMA training? I mean uh, it's the same with the issue with the insurance or it's like um, I've got no idea because in MMA, there's a lot of say the octagon, for example, cage is actually quite safe, right? Where I train is actually in my uh, teacher's flat. Um, there are sharp corners everywhere, and the protection is to have someone standing like next to the sharp corner. So when you fall, they're going to catch you. And um, one of my training partners, who was really nice to me, right? Um, was teaching me how to deal with kicks with elbows, right? So if, right. You, if someone kicks you, you, you try to defend with your elbows. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, so he put in this really, really flimsy, thin, soft shin pad, right? <laughs> Which is kind of like thick socks, like it's it's almost, it's almost like thick socks. So yeah. he put in this shin pad and started kicking the crap out of me, and was help asking me to like try to block his kicks with my elbows and so on, trying to like. And, and my um, the bit below the knee, like yeah. how how to actually um, block that, and um, yeah, I, I I I got it, and it was cool. Like I got a few bruises on my elbow and so on, but when he took off his shin pad, his wow. shin was completely bruised over, and I was just thinking, thank you, man. Like you didn't really have to like help me that much, and so they're willing to help you 
I really love the guys that they're willing to help you, even though if it hurts them. Yeah. Right. But the fact that like he helped me to understand how to use my elbows properly, mm-hmm. even if like gave him a lot of like I also think that his shin is gonna be also painful and so is all bruised. But that really helps. So that's 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 awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's actually very normal training to for karate, for example, for kyokushin. They they do that a lot. Or for muay thai, they they just hit their shins uh, over and over just to make them hard. Yeah, um, I saw a very very nice. Uh, yeah, I know it's a true hat. Yeah, um, I saw a very cool yeah. video uh, of uh, of you doing the uh, the fajing. Can you tell us a bit more about that and how we can we can develop more uh, that kind of skill? Okay, the Wing Chun fajing basically um, based on two things. I would say the flow of energy, right? and also um, the conditioning of the tendons, okay? It's not really tendon tendons. Chinese call the whole muscular mm-hmm. tendon complex tendons, but it's to develop the, the whole muscular tendon complex. So basically... Um, can, can you please also from the, share, yeah. you know, for, for the people who don't know what fudging is, can you um, describe it a bit? What, what is fudging and um, how it helps? Yeah. Okay, fudging basically is just an emission of power, just an emission of power, that's all. Um, like there are different ways to emit it, right? Um, so either if you are really like have a really strong punch, that's a type of fudging as well. You throw someone across the room, that's also fudging. So it depends on what you're trying to do. Um, I would say like um, in terms of throwing someone across the room, um, if you look at judo books, right, they yeah. talk about um, centers of gravities and so on. And then once you do it enough, you, you, you realize that, for example, like if I want to move someone, it's not about me overpowering them. You notice that like um, one of the wrong, the, the, I did a lot of wrong things along the way. A lot of wrong things along the way. And a lot of things I learned is by trial and error by, by getting my ass kicked. You know? mm-hmm. okay. So um, there's no shame in getting your ass kicked because like, it's all part of learning. Yeah. Um, so f- for example, like I used to think that like to farging, I need to use a very strong stance, right? I need to push myself like pushing a car, mm-hmm. but it's actually wrong because like um, you want to um, utilize a combined center of gravity. So um, between you and your opponent, when you join together, there's always a single combined center of gravity. You use that against him. You understand your center of gravity, his center of gravity, your base, his base, and so on. And when you do that, then you don't really need to have a very strong stance to actually move someone, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, like um, when you move someone, you move someone quickly, and then they're gonna find they're gonna find it uh, hard to deal with. You move it slowly, they can adapt. You move it like quietly in terms of like um, deceptively, right? So, and quickly, then by the time they realize it, right, they've already lost the balance. If they lost mm-hmm. the balance, like, you've already done half the battle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like, you combine that to turn your tendons like springs, yeah. um, like a high tensile steel spring. So, um, when you apply it that way, then you're, you're like, uh, the, the opponent feels like they hit a spring. And you go, poing, and then, like, they move. So... Um, basically, it's all mind work and physics, right? Um, 
I would I always like to say internal power is not nothing esoteric. It's just like physics that's not really obvious, right? Mm -hmm. We can't operate outside the laws of Newtonian physics, but we can apply the laws cleverly so that it looks like um, it looks unreal, but really it doesn't defy any of the laws of physics at all. Yeah, and of course the other the other issue is that um, again one of my weaknesses before is that like I have to think before I have to think what to do, and by thinking what to do you're too slow. Then then you have to rely on your physical strength and which again it becomes whoever stronger wins. Yes. But these days I realize that I have to train until everything is a reflex, right? So half the time when I throw someone around and so on, um, my body does it. I actually don't know what I did, right? Yeah. All I do is I tell my body that like, okay, I have to move this guy, right? But I actually don't know how I move the guy. All I know is that like when I finish doing this, he he has fallen over, whatever. And I think that's the only way to go. And um, so as I said before, like I. Unlike people who actually has got a teacher with them 24-7, um, I fly in, fly out to learn, so a lot of my learning is based on trial and error. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Like discovering by yourself. <laughs> but discovering yourself, and I always tell people, you are your best teacher. Your mm -hmm. teacher guides you, you follow his, his guideline, his theory and so on, so you don't drift away too far. But the real learning is like when you do things yourself. I mean, a lot of this is function. You need to feel, for example, if I touch someone, I need to feel how the power is affecting me, where his power sources are, and I need to do all that feeling thing. Your teacher cannot help you mm -hmm. feeling things. You have to do it yourself. Like learning to ride a bicycle. The teacher, all the teacher can, can say is that, okay, um, heads up right, pedal, um, look where you're going, and the teacher, okay, may in the beginning hang on to the, the back seat, right? Hold yeah, on to the, yeah. the bicycle, you don't fall over too much. But at some point in time, he has to let go. Yeah. And when he lets go, you need to fall over. And you learn by falling over. And if you're afraid to fall over, um, you never learn how to ride a bicycle. Uh, same as internals, like um, you need to learn. Um, the teacher can't feel for you, you have to feel for yourself. Yes, yes. What would you say is, uh, is the most important aspect while um, developing Fajin? Most important aspect is um, learning not to use brute force. Mm. Learning how to use brute force. Now, I said learning not to use brute force, I didn't say learning not to use force. Yes. Right? If you don't have force, if you don't use muscular strength, you just fall over like a power of, I don't know, power of bananas or something, um, but you need to learn, um, you need to f learn how not to use brute force, which means that in the training, you really need to let the ego go, um, because like every time the ego kicks in, right, and oh gee, my training partner is, is, is beating me, and then you start, the ego kicks in, you start using brute force, and when you start using brute force, um, you lose the training because like, that's not what you're trying to train for. You're trying to train for feeling. You're trying to train for how to manipulate forces and so on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and, 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 and that's it. I mean, in a real fight, of course, you use whatever you want, right? Um, there's no such thing as you're not allowed to use brute force in, in a fight. You just use whatever you, you, you have to win. 
but during the training, um, you need to break it down into separate components. Like for example, that day I need to train how to use the stack palms, right? Then I would say um, I would use the stack palms in a, a softly. Um, but of course, like when I do need to, need to fight, if a stack palm comes out, I just whatever happens happens. I, I don't care whether I'm using strength or not when I'm fighting. Um, but when the training, you need to break it down into small pieces. So the hardest thing is the ego in terms of training. Um, but when fighting, you don't even think about it, so that's not the problem. Mm. That is so valuable. Yeah. So in a, yeah, yeah. I, I find that so so like um, useful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and like um, but in the fight, you can be a total egocentric person, and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just when training, drop the ego out of the school. When you train, but when you fight, if you want to be egocentric, you want to be like really like. It's always like when you need when you beat someone up, don't just beat the person up. You have to do it while looking good, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, the girls are not going to like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beat beat someone up for, while still looking sexy. Ah uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just I, never, yeah. I never actually uh, correlated ego with uh, with brute force, but it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. And I think uh, for the people listening, it, it will become a lot more easier for them to identify when they're using brute force or uh, or their ego, basically. And um, yeah, yeah, just make it easier to spot. Excellent. <clears throat> um. What would be your, if you could leave one, one piece of, of advice to the people listening, what would that be? Get real. Get real. Get real. Mm -hmm. Get real. Um, I mean, train um, whatever you like, mm -hmm. right? The, the thing with martial arts these days is that like, um, if you want to train for competition, great. If you just want to train for health, great. If you want to just train for fun, mm -hmm. right, fine. That's totally fine. Um, but be realistic because like if you are, are training for fun and health, don't expect that you can fight, mm -hmm. right? If you're training for fighting, sometimes you may need to sacrifice health, like you may need to like toughen up your fists and so on in such a way that it may be a bit more damaging to your hands, for example. But then like, if you're training for fighting, you need for that, you, you need for that mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And also, um, I always tell people that on the street, in terms of a, a, a real fight, self-defense situation or a competition uh, situation, um, like people use knives, people use guns, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter how good a fighter you are, right? Um, you're still gonna be defeated. Yeah. So basically, in a in, in a real self-defense situation, it's the predator that wins. Yes. It's not the martial artist that wins. So you have to be realistic about what you're trying to do. Yeah. And I always tell people whenever I teach um, self-defense classes, I tell people that like best best thing to do is to escalate, right? De escalate and run, right? And if you do have to fight, sucker punch the guy and yeah. run. Yeah. <laughs> don't hang around Absolutely. Um, and don't be a hero. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's, it's very similar to what we talk about in, in the school. And I actually had this conversation with, uh, with one of my students uh, on Friday night. 
that we were talking about the idea that the most difficult is to choose an identity. You know, why am I doing Wenchen? Am I doing it for the fun? Am I doing it for, uh, you know, to fight or just to use my, maybe like fight professionally or, you know, what, what am I using it for? And that's exactly, yeah. for, for the most people, that's the most, most difficult. And it was for me as well, to, just to decide on uh, who I want to be and uh, just do that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and there's nothing wrong. So there's nothing wrong. Whatever no. someone's purpose of training is for. Yes. Like exactly. today's society, we're not using Wing Chun as a mode of survival. More, mostly anyway. Mostly we're not using that. Uh, there are some areas in the world where you where you need that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of the time in peaceful society, your your Wing Chun can be whatever you choose it to be, really. Yes. But uh, like um, suffer no delusion. Um, so you don't get yourself into trouble, yeah. Yeah, we, I actually interviewed um, one of our online students who uh, who came in contact with Wing Chun a few years ago, and he actually used a basic idea from Wing Chun to get out of um, because he was in a coma to recover Ooh, from okay. from this coma because doctors told him that he would never walk. They told his wife to get ready for uh, for the funeral. And he basically oh. used Wing Chun to to heal himself and uh, get out of uh, medication, right? He's he's medication free, and doctors they they still they still can explain it. So that's awesome, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's incredibly yeah. powerful uh, for whatever you choose it for whatever you choose. Yeah. and and that's the thing too. Like for example, in the in Wing Chun, like um, in the Kulo style, um, there are there are actually parts in training the Yi with the hanging eight palms and so on, mm-hmm. where your main focus is actually to well, for breathing and to bring energy to your dantian and so on, and how to use that energy. So from a health perspective, um, it to- it totally works. It totally works. Um, I mean, as I say, there's a lot of things we don't understand about the human body. And like acupuncture, for example, acupuncture works. So which means that all those chi channels, they do have an effect on the body. Um, so how it affects the body is hard to say, but when you do your Wing Chun well, um, you should be able to like have a lot of health benefit from it. Um, if you, if that is your focus here. Yeah. It is whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Always be exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for for your time. I really enjoyed uh, uh, talking and uh, nice talking to you, man. Nice talking yeah. to you. Likewise. Where can people find you? Where can people um, get in touch with you? Um, I think the easiest way is through Facebook, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you look up uh, Kulo Wing Chun, K U L O Kulo K U L Kulo Wing Chun twenty two. San Sao S A N S A U, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the best way. I do have a website which is kulowingchun.com. I'll post some links in the really, description. <laughs> yeah, I don't really use it, and that's so outdated. I just don't have time to like um, update or whatever. But usually on Facebook, it's more interactive, and people can find, easy to find it, easy to talk to me. So basically, yes, yeah, uh, because I was a twenty-two line, it's kulowingchun twenty-two San Sao. And uh, you should be able to find me.
Excellent, excellent. I'll post uh, some links in the uh, description. Guys, go ahead and uh, check out John's um, uh, videos on YouTube as well and uh, give him a thumbs up and a comment. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Great, thanks very much. My YouTube videos are uh, a lot of time embarrassing. <laughs> so, yeah, probably the latest information on the Facebook will be a bit easier, it will be better, yeah. Okay, so go. Yeah, I've got a lot of embarrassing things out there. Okay, so <laughs> go give, give him a like on Facebook, not, not a thumbs up on YouTube. Yeah, that would be nice, yeah. Like that. Okay. Awesome, thank you so much again for, for uh, your time and. Um, you're welcome totally enjoyed it and thank you for giving me the opportunity awesome guys uh thanks for watching and uh as always go ahead to um uh, you get some awesome free stuff and if you want a community of uh online wing chun nuts <laughs> to support you <laughs> on uh on your journey if you don't have a school close to you and you just like some guidance some support or just maybe just some more, more motivation to train Go ahead and check our online uh, community. There's a link in the menu of addictedtoingchun.com. I'll see you guys next time.